Welcome to the Crossing Church Podcast. This weekend, we continue our Recover All series, and our Plant City campus pastor, Michael Pippen, brings the word this weekend. We hope you enjoy today's message. Man, we are excited to be here. And uh, I, I, if you would, just keep your hands going, put them together for Plant City while we're at it. Love you guys. Little Pastor Jonas is down there holding it together, and I appreciate all that, that, that we have done, and, and the team down there, look, growing uh, that campus has been a true joy, and, and so I'm just thankful that Pastor Greg trusted me with it. Uh, I probably wouldn't have, but he did it. It's his fault. Okay. And so, and, and also put your hands together for our South Shore campus, Pastor Hector. Man, what a, what a role model that is for us. And, uh, and of course, Tampa, put your hands together for yourselves. You're incredible. Not you, but everyone else is incredible, and uh, and so we're just glad. And everyone watching online, we're we're so glad you tuned in today. You're you're at the right place, and so uh, I want to first of all say I can't wait for Pastor Greg to be back this Sunday. I mean, I'm stoked about it. I'm crazy excited. He was here on on a Wednesday. And if you missed first Wednesday, you are missing, if you've never been, first of all, if you haven't been to our first Wednesday services, they are incredible. It's a unique time. All the campuses come together. We have extended worship. We really just push into his presence. It, it's like, you know, when family gets together, you, you get to, you get a little loose. And so we get to have some fun. And so I want you to make sure you are back at every first Wednesday, first Wednesday of the month, every month there's one. It's crazy. Jesus did it. He did a miracle. Every month he put a first Wednesday in it just for us. And so you want to make sure you don't miss it. And we're in a series, uh, Pastor Greg kicked off on Wednesday, in fact, called Recover All. And I want to carry on with this. And if you would humor me for a little bit, we'll get into it. uh, Because my message today is is titled this, Recover His Fame. You know, there's, there's been some damage to his reputation Okay, I'm the only one that has the news. Okay. Well, let me, you know, I, I could recap it for you. But there is, has been some damage to his name because, well, to be honest with you, we don't always represent him well. Amen. That's the truth. And so I, I want to start in 2 Corinthians, and I want to tell you a little bit about your job. South Shore, this is your job. Plant City, your job. Tampa, your job. This is your function and your call. And it starts in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And we're going to read in verse 20. It's pretty simple. But it says, we are therefore Christ's ambassadors. Say, I'm an ambassador. ambassador. Some of y'all are other things. But we won't say that today. We'll just stick with ambassador. But we are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. Do you hear how that's worded? That to me, that's so profound. It's so powerful. He says, we are ambassadors as if God were making his appeal to the world through us. You, me. He makes his appeal to the world 
through us. And what is that appeal? We implore you on Christ's behalf, on Christ's behalf, when you do something, you're doing it on Christ's behalf. You ever sent someone to do something for you on your behalf? And they didn't do it very well. And then your behalf looks bad. Be reconciled to God. You see, there's something unique about ambassadors. Ambassadors is a a special calling. There's so much to the idea of being an ambassador. I want to... So an ambassador, first of all, never speaks to please his audience. Ambassadors only speak to please the king that sent them. Right, right. That's their job. It doesn't really matter to them what the audience thinks of the message. It doesn't matter to them if you like me or don't like me. It doesn't matter if you acknowledge or, or approve of the message. I do not care as an ambassador. I simply bring you the message that I was given because I am not interested in your approval. If I'm an ambassador, I have to be interested in the approval of one. The one who sent me. If you ever get tied up and caught in getting the approval of people around you and, and, and the people in your sphere and whether or not the people on your job and the people in your house are going to like you and approve of your message, you will never deliver the messages that God has for you. Because sometimes his messages don't sit well. If, if the only Jesus you know is always, you know, kittens and cuddles, you, you might want to look at Jesus a little closer. And, and so, as an ambassador, we don't speak on our own authority. Ambassadors never speak on their own authority. Ambassadors carry the authority of the one who sent them. So the good news is when you step into a dark situation and you start delivering messages and life and hope in in, in a world that doesn't want it, it doesn't matter because you walk in the authority, not in yourself, you walk in the authority of the one who sent you. And greater is he that is in me, us, you, it was everywhere. Y'all was all over the place with that scripture. Greater is he that's in me than he that is in the world. That's the power of understanding the authority of an ambassador. You don't have to worry about walking in your authority because you don't have any. But when you step into your home, you can begin to declare things in the atmosphere of your home that you yourself could not declare before you were submitted to the leadership and the authority of Christ. But because you submitted your life to his leadership, you get to walk into your kid's room and start casting stuff out and and declaring things over their life. And you get to say, not today, Satan. And that actually becomes more than a T-shirt. It becomes power and authority. An ambassador does not 
uh, carry their own opinions in such a way that it matters. The, the opinion and the demands of the ambassador mean nothing. Okay. Uh, because it don't feel good to you, doesn't matter. Okay. So when God delivers his word and you say, but I don't like that word. He said, I don't care. Don't matter. I didn't, I didn't ask you to like it. I say, represent it. Deliver it. Say it. Declare it. Share it. Live it. Be it. I didn't. Sorry. So <laughs> there are generations, and I won't point any fingers, <laughs> but there are generations where their opinion is all that matters. How I feel about a thing is really what's, ma- what's important here. That made me feel bad. I'm sorry, pumpkin. (laughs) Buckle up, because it's going to get worse. (laughs) And so an ambassador simply says what he or she has been commissioned to say. You have to say what you've been sent to say. An ambassador is more than just a messenger, though. He or she is a representative. And as a representative, you carry the honor and the reputation of the country that sent you. And so when you go into your job, you aren't, you don't get the opportunity to turn off your Christianity. You know, it doesn't work like that. The way it works is your own all the time. You don't get days off. There ain't no vacations. Some of y'all think because you went on vacation from your job that you went on vacation from your Jesus. I've seen the pictures from your vacation. I know what you was doing. I'm, I'm on Facebook. But we represent and we carry the honor and the reputation of our king. When an ambassador gets it wrong, though, oh boy, it's a big deal. It is a big deal. It, you know, <laughs> we talk a lot when we talk about ambassadors. We often think of governmental, you know, embassy kind of people and people who work for the embassy. And they're ambassadors that way, but there's actually a type of ambassador that you're probably more familiar with, and, and you see it every day because it, it affects your life. It is a brand ambassador. So a brand ambassador is someone that is hired uh, secretly to represent something that is supposed to be presented from them like a testimony. Okay? So the the Jenner girl, right? So she says, hey, I got all this makeup. It changed my life. It made me successful. And then you have a generation of people like going like, what? Then I got to get me some makeup. 
which is how I ended up buying a whole bunch of Mac. It was, it was a sad day. I was, I was depressed, guys. Just deal with me. But, but, but we represent, they, they, they're, they're paid to represent, they're sent to carry the message of how that product or that company or that organization changed their life. Okay, but when, when that goes right, it's so good you don't even know it. You up in the store buying stuff you didn't even know you wanted. Because you, y'all know, where did I see? I wanted the man, they look good, but that didn't blah, blah, blah. And you just end up doing stuff you want. But when it goes wrong, you don't want nothing to do with it. And you really, it really stands out. And, and I want to show you a couple illustrations I thought were hilarious. When, when, when brand ambassadors go wrong, it just cracks me up. Okay. So first of all, uh, Microsoft a few years ago came out with the Microsoft Surface tablet. They were trying to break into the tablet industry. They were going to compete with Apple and their iPad and all that. And so they went and got the biggest name they could find at the time, which was Oprah. Woo! When Oprah loves your stuff, you're just popular all over the world, just all of a sudden, just like that. Oprah just got to make one post, and you're the greatest. And so Microsoft was excited because Oprah was about to promote their stuff. And so Oprah sent a tweet out. And this tweet, this is the tweet here. It says, gotta say, love that surface. Have bought 12 already for Christmas gifts. Hashtag favorite things. The only problem is Oprah sent it from her iPad. (laughs) I want my money back, Oprah. So, so throw the next one up for me. This is Charlize Theron. Y'all know Charlize Theron, the actress? Charlize, uh, I, call, I call her Charlie. But, you know, we like that. And, but Charlize, she, she was uh, paid $3 million for a 14-month contract with Raymond Wow. Raymond Wow watches paid her to only wear Raymond Wow watches in public. Well, after she signed that contract, she went to a press release, and she was wearing a Christian Dior watch. Well, Raymond didn't like that too much. Raymond sued her for $20 million. Hey, do what you say you're going to do, I guess. And, and this, this is my favorite one. This is Mike, <laughs> the situation. Y'all know Mike, the situation from Jersey Shore? It's a high-class show. You might have seen it. It's elegant, very elegant. And so Mike, uh, what's funny about this one is he was actually not a brand ambassador. He, he, was, he was just a fan. So he was shopping at, at Abercrombie & Fitch all the time, and so he was get a lot of pictures of him coming out of Abercrombie and, and there was a lot of pictures of him wearing Abercrombie clothes and, and he was every time he was in a photo, he was wearing Abercrombie. So Abercrombie reached out to Mike the situation and they said, hey, listen, how much would it cost us for you not to wear our clothes? <laughs> he got paid. To not represent Abercrombie and Fitch. 
Now, you know your reputation is bad. When the store says, how much would it cost if you never came back? <laughs> Whatever, you name it, I'll pay it. Whatever it is. <laughs> God is up there looking at some of us right now just like, what, what would it cost? Just <laughs> hypothetically to get you to take that bumper sticker off your car. What would it, what can I pay you not to wear that Christian t-shirt well, how much would it cost for you not to post pictures of yourself at the club right after you posted the picture of you doing your morning devotional? What would it take? How much could I pay you? You see, the way you live your life every day is either making Jesus famous or making Jesus Infamous. Now, to understand, famous is a good thing. Famous means he's popular for good reasons. All right? But infamous, infamous means you're popular, but you're popular because you did something wrong. Yeah. <laughs> now, the ambassador has power, and, and here's the ambassador's power. You find it in John chapter 12, verse 32. It says, if, if I be lifted up, then I will draw all men unto me. Okay, that, that word lifted up uh, has, has two meanings. It's a very interesting word in the Greek. That, that word actually means to come off the ground, okay, which is what he was meaning. He said, when I'm lifted up on the cross, I'm literally going to be off the ground, all right? I'm going to be hanging in the air. And when I come off the ground. It also means to be exalted to a high place, to be honored, to be lifted up. And so he, he had a double entendre when he was saying this. He was like tongue in cheek. He was being slick, right? And so Jesus said, hey, if I be lifted up, then I will draw all men unto me. So in other words, the moment he went up on the cross, he was exalted and seated at the right hand of the Father. The door was then open to all men and all women, all people to come to him. You see, in your story, it requires you to use and lean upon the cross of Christ. And here's what it is. You see, the cross is what God uses to draw all men to him, to draw all people to him. But he does it through you. He does it through your story. He does it through the, the, the testimony of the cross in your life. You see, the cross is the magnet for your Christian experience. It, it, Jesus draws people to himself, but, but he uses the cross in your life. If you ever leave out the power of the cross, you demagnetize Christianity. They might be drawn to you for because you look cool or because you got a nice car, a nice home, or you look like you got it together, but they won't stay. And if anyone gets drawn to a church because they like the music, 
because you like the way the preacher talks, because you like some, you know, they got a good kids program or whatever. You, it's easy for you to be pulled away. If you are ever drawn to a personality, that personality is going to let you down one day. And then you're going to be easily drawn away. But if you present the cross with your story and you begin to explain your testimony and how the cross did what it did for your life, that becomes power that God uses to draw all people to him. See, the word says that people are, are, are gained victory. Why? By the blood of the lamb and the word of the testimony. There's something powerful about the combination of those two things, but it's the very thing we as a church globally have avoided because the cross is a hard topic. No one wants to talk about sin and sacrifice and what God did and the restoration, the fact that I needed him. And, 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 and those are the very things that actually draw all men unto him. People are not bored with the gospel. They are bored and tired of a poor presentation of the gospel. They still want to know, does this thing real? Does it matter? What did it do to you? That is the power of the cross in your life. There was a pastor that came out, a very popular pastor, just two days ago. And he, he had to be fired from his church. If I said the name, you would know right away. And he had to be let go from his church because of uh, moral failures. And, and the truth is, it broke my heart so immensely, not, not just for him, because him, his wife, his kids, they're going, they're going to have to walk through that. That's, that's painful. But it broke my heart because I understood what it did to the kingdom. I understood what it did to the, to the name of Jesus. I, I understand that right now, this morning, so it happened two days ago. So right now, that church is having service and that church is finding out about their pastor's failure. People who were not mature enough maybe to connect with Jesus, but connected with the personality or with him today are disenfranchised and run the potential of being lost. It's so important that we represent him well. You know, there is a model that the Lord gives us, and, and I want to I show a couple of these points to you just, just briefly, if I can. And you'll find these in Philippians. So if you have your Bible, you can turn to Philippians chapter 2 in, in, in 5 through 11. Philippians 2, 5 through 11. Because he tells us how we are supposed to model and how we do the job of ambassador. So Jesus came as ambassador for his father. And, and so he, then he says to you, you are my ambassador. You will go on my behalf. And so he models for us exactly how we're supposed to do our job. You're going to find it right here. 
your attitude or your mind, your, your thought life, the way you think about things, the way you live, the way you look at the world, it should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, watch this, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped. Understand that, the, that one of the first mindsets and mentalities and attitudes that we're supposed to have as ambassadors is that we have to release the need for the perks. You know, all the little perks in life, the things that can distract us from, from delivering in a way that is honest and truthful because we're afraid of what we might lose, the perks. Jesus himself, this, this ancient Greek, uh, this phrase has the idea of something being grasped like a treasure, clinging to a treasure. And it said Jesus didn't cling to the, to the prerogatives and the privileges that he had in, in, at the king, at the, in heaven. He, he let go of that treasure so that he could bring the message to you. And some of us are so addicted to the perks of life that we have a hard time letting go of them so that we can deliver the message we were sent to deliver. You can only share the gospel from a stage or from a microphone, then you are clinging to something that is outside of the mind of Christ. If you think that's my job or Pastor Greg's job or someone else's, some, some pastor's job, then you are missing your job because it is not in the mind of Christ to have some sort of perk-based servitude. You serve because he called you to serve, period. Period. And just FYI, as pastor, my job at Plant City, Pastor Hector down there at South Shore, and he's killing it. Uh, Pastor Greg, Pastor Wade, Pastor Jonas. Listen, our, our jobs as pastors is not, it's actually not even that. Our job is to equip you to do that. That is our job. And if you grew up in a church foundation that, that always said that the pastor was the one that did everything and whatever, no, no, I'm so, then I apologize because someone didn't represent Christ's plan properly to you. His plan was for you to do something in the kingdom, for you to shake the world. His plan was for you to change your neighborhood. His plan was for you to revolutionize your job. His plan was for you to take on the world. These men that have turned the world upside down have come here to do the same thing. It's your job. Don't get fired. (laughs) And then in verse 7, it goes on and says, but he made himself nothing. That word is kinao. The word kinao, it literally means to empty himself like a vessel. God is looking for ambassadors that are not full of themselves, but have emptied themselves. Your ambition to be the boss of your job is not the thing that should be driving you. Your ambition to change your industry or be the greatest 
uh, entrepreneur or business owner or the, the greatest manager or, or whatever, to have the biggest house or the biggest car or the whatever. That should not be the thing that drives you. You should be empty so that you can be filled with the Holy Spirit so that he can set you on mission with power. He emptied himself that God might fill him. And then it goes on, it says, but making himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. Understand the word servant. This is, this is a, a, a release not only of perks, and it's not only a release of the, of the need to preserve yourself, but it is a release of the need for position. Can you serve someone who is less socially standing than you? And can you serve them without them owing you something? In fact, the word servant is actually the word bondservant. And the word bondservant literally is a slave or a servant, a worker who is earning, uh, paying off a debt that they owe. They owed somebody something, and so now I have to work until that debt is paid off. In other words, God came in Jesus, in the form of Christ, so Christ came that he would serve you as if he owed you something. He gave everything for your debt. And he modeled that lifestyle for you. Because you are supposed to serve those around you. As if you owe them something. Amen. You ever do something for somebody and secretly you're like, then they, they don't respond the way you thought. And so you're like, Ugh. <laughs> they don't remember what I did for them. <laughs> You've got to release the need for position. And finally, in verse eight, we see that he re- released the need for pride. You see, being found in an appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient. If, if you carry around a spirit of pride, it will cripple your ability to be effective in the kingdom of God. There's no such thing as a prideful ambassador. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. If you are prideful in anything that you are or own or you think you are something special, I promise you, you're not. You're not nearly as special as you think you are. And you're not nearly as bad as everybody else says you are. You just submit your life to him and let him direct it. That is servanthood. And when that happens, verse 9 through 11 clears it up what happens. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven, on earth, and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That is what happens whenever we do our job as ambassadors properly. His name is exalted. He is glorified. And and every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess because he is Christ the Lord came to honor and exalt the Father. Amen. It's powerful. Amen. We do our job right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I, I did something evil. I brought Chick-fil-A up here on the stage. It's Sunday. And, and Chick-fil-A is not open. So, so I'm just going to make you want Chick-fil-A on a day you can't have it. 
which is how it normally works. Anyway. And so uh, I go to Chick-fil-A and I love it. Everybody loves Jesus chicken, right? Chick-fil-A. Yeah. And so uh, I go up in Chick-fil-A and it's, it's bright and airy. It's awesome. It's clean, but don't smell like bleach. Like it's amazing. It's like, like magic dust is just floating in the air. Like you walk up, there's little angels floating on clouds above the menu. Like, oh, what do you want? You know. It's amazing. They, one of my favorite things is that they put the kids in a separate room with a playground. They wall it off. It's all glass. You can't hear them. It's, it's amazing. I love it. <laughs> you walk up to the counter. The kid's so friendly. It's like he's been waiting on you all day to come in. You're here. Finally. What can I get you? I already know, but tell me anyway. What can I get you? And they're just, they can't hardly wait. You know, you walk away like, I don't know. I think I made a friend. I think I made a friend today. I think Ricky's my friend. No, I'm pretty sure. He's coming over. We'll play video games later. It's going to be cool. It's going to be good time. But then, you know, uh, Plant City, because the devil is at work, doesn't have a Chick-fil-A. Y'all pray for us, Plant City. We need to intercede right now. I want you to fast. Not Chick-fil-A. Just fast other food. Just push in. Okay? Don't give up on Jesus' chicken. So Popeye's came out with a chicken sandwich. And we do have a Popeye's. Unfortunately. And so I'd never been in Popeye's. And someone said, you got to go in there and get this chicken sandwich. It's just as good as Chick-fil-A, which is a lie, first of all. But the fact that the church left Jesus chicken and went and tried that, chick, that, that chicken from Popeye's, that's why 2020 happened. You can't lie to me. You can't convince me. Nothing else. I know why 2020 happened. It's that Popeye's chicken sandwich. So I walk in Popeye's, and, and, and it's a different experience in there. There was a warden in a tower with a scope rifle. I walk in, the place is dark, dingy, kind of smelled like chlorine or something. And, all the tables were stacked up and the chairs was turned over. I was like, did a bar fight happen? What did I miss? And so I go in and, and I get to the lobby and I see everybody and they're all mad, aggravated because they've been waiting 30 minutes for a chicken sandwich that you could get at a fair. <laughs> oh, sorry. If you work for Popeye's, you just forgive me. I just, I was just, I was playing. So, so, so I go, I go in and they just, they're all mad. And, and then I go turn around the corner and it's the three meanest women I've ever met in my life. And they're working there. They look at me like I ruined their day. Oh, what you want? 
I guess you want chicken, huh? You want chicken? I was like, uh, no, yeah, I don't know, kind of. I grabbed my knife. I was just holding it. I didn't know if this thing was going to go down. I might have to kill a couple people to get out of here. I didn't know. I didn't know what was going on. So I waited my half hour. I got my chicken. And I escaped from Popeye's. You don't leave Popeye's. You escape Popeye's. That's the difference. You leave Chick-fil-A. You escape Popeye's. And, and what I realized, God began to, to share something with me. And I wanted to share it with you. He said, there's a lot of my people who claim to be Chick-fil-A, but they're serving up Popeye experiences. You see in Ezekiel 36, it, it tells us about how uh, Israel's behavior got God, gave God a bad name because the, the people of Israel were living like everyone else in the world. And so uh, um, they, they began to act like their pagan neighbors and the Lord scattered them among the nations and the unbelieving world laughed at them and at the name of God. So let's bring this situation into modern times. As Christians, we bear the name of Christ. What the world thinks of him is what they see in us. Yeah, amen, amen. Bringing honor to his name is far more important than, than a company doing a, a great job and saying, it's our pleasure. This is heaven and hell stuff. This is life and death. This matters. And our lives really have only one purpose, and it is to reflect our Lord. We must guard against doing anything that will cause others to profane his holy name. Here's how God responded in Ezekiel 36, 23. I will show the holiness of my name, which has been profaned among the nations, the name you have profaned. Mm. Then the nations will know that I am the Lord, declares the sovereign Lord. Watch this. When I am proved holy through you before their eyes. You hear that? When will he be proved holy? It is through you. It is your ambassadorship. You see, the way you live your life every day is making Jesus famous or making him infamous. How are you doing your job? Can you join me in praying right now? I want us all to just pray this together. Plant City, South Shore, Tampa, everyone online, say this with me. Just, just let us take a moment to repent. Father, we acknowledge that we haven't always carried your name right. Sometimes we've given you a bad name. We've lived in a way that has honored you. We've profaned your name. And Father, 
we repent. Release us. Fill us again with your glory. And use us for your namesake. Let us bring you honor in everything that we do. And declare your gospel in our world. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, with every head bowed and every eye closed, there's a, there's a, there are those here watching online at every campus that you know you haven't given your life to him. You haven't accepted the gift of his salvation and you haven't made him Lord of all in your life. Today's your day. Today's the day it happens. And I want to I pray with you for that. And, and everyone is going to repeat with us so you're not alone at every campus. I want us all to say this with, with pride and authority. Say, Father, we acknowledge that we are sinners in need of a Savior. We give our life before you because you gave yours for us. We accept that gift, that gift of salvation. Forgive me. Restore me. I am yours and you are mine for the rest of my life. You are my Lord, my Savior, and my King. And I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you enjoyed today's message from Plant City Campus Pastor Michael Pippen. Don't forget to follow us on social media at We Are Crossing on all platforms, and you can watch all of our on-demand messages on our YouTube channel. Subscribe at youtube.com slash crossingchurch. And don't forget to download the Crossing Church app. If you go to our website, wearecrossing.com, you'll find links to download it both on iPhone and Android. Thanks for joining us this week. We'll see you at noon prayer at the Tampa campus. That's every Wednesday at 12 p.m. And lead pastor Greg Dumas will be back preaching next weekend. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time.